They be like, slow up, homie. You talking too fast. I got a couple of quips. I came to talk trash. Yeah, he's Bucky Watson, Bradley Vax. This is going down. We call it the G Splash. Hey. Chris is going down, baby. Feeling good on this one. Getting getting super hyped right now. I'm, gonna let this, I'm, gonna, I'm letting this song bleed a little bit. We gotta let it bleed. Okay. I like that. that is. You know how we do. It's 2019. Welcome to the G Splash Podcast. Where we talk movies, toys, comic books, sports sometimes, any and everything pop culture. I am your host, Bradley Baxter. This is my man, Chris Bucky Watts. What's up, everybody? Happy to be back at back, it. Back, right? Yeah. Uh, this is the only podcast on the internet calling out award-winning films straight up trash. Garbage. And we're okay with it. Yeah, I mean, Golden Globe status-wise, but we're, I'm okay with it. I was like, oh, I thought all the movies were trash. Straight garbage. I'll be honest with everybody. I got to be afraid of. <laughs> At least we keep it real, right? Uh, this is episode number 60. Wow, good gotta for give, us. Gotta give a, yeah, maybe good another us. round of applause for us. Yeah, that's big. I don't know. Maybe we should just not hit the buttons so much. <laughs> I'm hitting I'm hitting all the buttons tonight. I'll tell you they that. seem to love it. <laughs> oh, they're going to love it. Uh, hashtag New Year Who This? Yeah, this is our first show of 2019, isn't it? Good for yeah, us. Yeah, 2019. Number 60, starting Episode big. 60. Like Today we're talking Mary Poppins, Vice, Bumblebee, and some other stuff. And other things. That water movie. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't start. Quet Thor. It doesn't start Kevin Costner. Oh, man. We got lots to talk about today. Chris, how are you doing? How are your good. vibes? Where are you good. at? I'm excited. Been a minute. Feeling good. Feeling good. Got to see some movies. Uh... Took some time over the break, had some fun, and now I'm ready to uh, talk some uh, talk some stuff. Talk some shit. Talk some good, some bad, some ugly, the whole thing. Ah, dope, man. Well, welcome back to the show. Cheese, yeah, we back. Let's talk some upcoming announcements. Uh, this week, we are, since we are on a new day, we're dropping on Wednesdays. So this will be a first run at that. Uh, this week, we're talking more comic book craziness over in splash trash man uh today is also the start of fantastic four weeks so we'll talk a little bit about that in that show uh-huh. next week because there's so many movies to talk about over this what was it three weeks two weeks it felt like 19 weeks it felt forever it felt long it felt like a long yeah. break but yeah there's a lot th- you know it's holiday season there's a lot that happened it did uh so next week we're gonna shoot that over and do a netflix special where we're talking bird box Bandersnatch. Oh, yeah, Bandersnatch. Lots Watch of mixed, lots, lots of mixed stuff here. And yeah, I've, It's going to be I've, a big TV streaming type set right now for a while, and I love it! 
<laughs> I actually talked to a few pe- different people about uh, Bird Box, and they had two completely different like interpretations of the movie. And I was and like, like, okay, hmm. uh, uh, okay, that's probably why people seem to like it so much because there's a <laughs> lot. Everybody's got something different to say about it. We'll we'll talk more about that next week. Um, and after that, we're talking the best of M Night Shyamalan. Trust me, okay. the show will be a twist. It will go quick. <laughs> It'll be a twist, and then there's another twist. Yeah. Uh, Chris, did you see, happen to check out uh, Surviving R. Kelly at all? It's been a, a hot topic. No, but it's definitely the been in the news because of people, like, it's like doesn't paint him in a good light, but people are, like, really still buying, like, started buying his music and streaming it again and stuff is what I'm getting. Is that right? Yeah, that's kind of hard. One of those things that's, like, hard to break down, um, but... It could be people who don't know who R. Kelly is, who is checking out this stuff. Who knows who's downloading the music, but someone is. Um, RCA recently just signed Chris Brown to a new deal, which is kind of weird of the timing, considering R. Kelly's still on that label, and everyone's kind of like, why is this man still getting money? He's not even making music now, but he's on tour. He still gets, wow. It was wild, man, and uh, I don't. I, we won't talk too much about it, but I, it goes a lot deeper than I ever thought. Yeah, there's ever a lot of stuff of. like, yeah, I feel like that's one of those things where I just don't know a ton. Of, like, I, it's not that I, don't, I just don't remember. Maybe I wasn't paying attention well enough. Maybe it was like that weird period in my life where I was like, eh, like I don't really pay attention to what's going on in the world or like care. But well, no, back, I think now you're, the, the, it's like still going on. That's yeah, no, no I mean, like, I mean, like, just R. Kelly stuff in general. Like, there's, it's just been, it's mostly just my whole life of knowing been a punchline, right? And so now these right. other things come up with these, and I'm like, oh yeah, like that, that does make, like, that guy did, but do some weird ass shit. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, when you see it in, in real life, it's a, uh, it's wild, and the fact that these parents are trying to just get their daughters and like, they're basically in this cult it's i don't know it, it was weirder than i ever thought it was gonna be if you haven't seen it check it out it'll blow your mind more than you think it will mind blown mind blown for sure uh the man's disgusting uh hope nobody's downloading this shit for, or supporting r kelly but there, there's been a lot of radio stations pulling his music which is good so we'll move on to that we're, take, we're taking a stand i like it mute r kelly is the hashtag Hit him with another one. Uh, Chris is getting into some news, baby. Hey, news. news. Yeah, we got a lot of it. Where to, where to start? Where to start? Uh, Will Poulter. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, he's leaving, Will Poulter. Poulter, that's how it is. Uh, he's leaving Twitter amid a backlash on Bandersnatch. The 26-year-old mm-hmm. British actor offered a, quote, heartfelt thank you to viewers who viewed and watched Bandersnatch. The choice is your own adventure style Netflix movie. Addressing negative responses, he said in a statement, I accept all criticism and it's been a delight to learn how that so many of you enjoyed what many people worked very hard to produce. He continued to say, as we know, there is a balance to be struck in our engagements with social media. There are positives to enjoy and the inevitable negatives that are, are best to be avoided. It's a balance I have struggled with for a while now and in my interest and in my interest of mental health, I feel the time has come for me to change my relationship with social media. I'm always curious when when these stories come out. Like, I, I know people control and people are assholes and people are just like, mm-hmm. pe- there are a, a, a certain amount of people or a, a type of person who's all about just trying to get under people's skin. Like, that's what they 
thrive on or get off right. on, yeah, however you want absolutely. to put it. But man, I I'm I am kind of curious of like there how many negative tweets or DMs or whatever where you're just like, whoa, like where does it hit that threshold? Yeah, we're also yeah. like, all right, I just can't like I can't handle all my stuff's blown up negative or whatever. The whole thing's really strange. I mean, this happens all the time where people there's some kind of drama or they do something controversial or people review something a certain way and then the person or you quits hang out social with Drake. media. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this uh this one is uh this one's interesting. I mean, we talk. I know it's in your caption, but for those that don't know, like Bandersnatch is a uh, Netflix original film from choose Black Mirror. From Black Mirror, and it's Choose Your Adventure, which is it's just like the books when you were a kid, where like you would get to a point and you would choose and it would have you flip to a different page and read what happens. Like as you're going through the movie, these prompts will pop up, and what you choose, the character will do, and then that leads to that. Now, this all this him quitting and all this negative review and stuff doesn't come specifically from the fact that it's a choose your own adventure style thing. We'll talk about this a lot in our next episode next week, but next week. Uh, when we when we review Bandersnatch, but uh but it came from the idea that the main thing in, in this Black Mirror episode specifically is mental health. Um I don't know if they I don't know if that's something that is the forefront or like the main idea of the episode, but it definitely comes through very clearly in it because it's an active device and we'll we'll get into that deeper next week. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, You see a therapist, you can, you can interpret a lot of ways. And I think that at some point it just became like, Hey, a lot of people worked really fucking hard to make this thing. That's really complex. And then it's taking a different angle than people were that I was, I think it was going to, and it kind of, it feels like, you know what guys, if you're going to turn this into what it's not like, I'm just going to be done. Plus, he's I like mean, not like he's not like a huge level actor. He's he's you would know him if you saw his face because he's been in stuff. Yeah, but wasn't he in um Meet the We Are the Millers? We Are the Millers, wasn't he in that? He's in that, and he was in the 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 Maze Runner movies. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's he tends he's to play been a jerk a lot. He's yeah, he, he plays jer- kind of a no. I mean, he's like a dude. He he seems like he's got some range. I'll be honest, but this whole thing is just you know. Social media, it's just a different world. Maybe you got a bad review in a newspaper 20 years ago or whatever, or on freaking Entertainment Tonight. But now, I mean, more than 20 now, damn. But like, now people can just blow you up. And if everybody's got a stance and if it's widely Everyone negative, has a platform now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's probably as many people, there were trolls, but there are also people that are like, you need to take a better stand on mental health. And it's like, you know what? I'm not going to take a stand on this topic. I know what my relationship is with it. So I'm just going to step away. I'm not going to play the game. I mean, all those tweets are going to come back in 10 years. And he's going to lose another job. So, like, oh, my God. Hey. It was heartfelt. <laughs> speaking, of, Oscars. speaking of trying to. <laughs> I, don't know to I don't even know what to press right there, but I got the joke. Uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, trying to keep jobs around, uh, Kingpin is on board to save Daredevil. Never thought cool. I'd hear that. Uh, wow. Vincent Deronimanoff and Nimigofalo. No relation. Daronimanoff. <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio, not not to be confused with Janine Garofalo. Uh, my best friend Vincent D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. He played Wilson Fisk or or Kingpin. I don't know why it says that, but it, uh, in Daredevil, Netflix, and comic books, he shared a petition on Twitter on his Twitter account to try and drum up more signatures to save the show for Netflix and Disney. There's a whole whole campaign going on and it's uh save daredevil.com but currently it has about 130,000 signatures wow so what so I, some this goes, want to i mean i'm for saving the show like wh- whatever platform keeps whatever whatever 
But we know it. We all know it's not going to happen. So I don't. I don't know. Sometimes I don't know we why don't people know. do this. I mean, have you ever seen a petition work? I've never. I don't think I've ever seen a petition work. I mean, they work on stuff. You probably just don't. I mean, there's probably been petitions that have worked. You never know. They could be like, okay, well, I mean, if this thing got five hundred million, they'd be like, well, we can't say no to that. That's money in our pockets. We'll see what happens. I think it's cool when I think it's cool when celebrities or artists or whatever, you know, I think I like when they take a stand for their work. Like it would have been easy for him to just be like, whatever, it was just a fucking TV show I did. Like, I'm not going to put anything behind it. But instead, he's like, oh, I actually probably liked working on it. And I thought it had legs. And he and he's a real he, he's a real like actor's actor. I feel like like he gets into yeah. the roles and he lets I it, like, get affect that. Vibe. Him. So the fact that he's like. I want this to, I, I want to show people that I support it. It's great. It's good for fans to see. And it, it lends credit to the show itself, you know, kind of being solid. And then in this third season before it got canceled, catching a, a new stride and then being canceled. So I, I'm interested to see what happens. Maybe it's not the petition that'll do it. Maybe there's already bigger forces at work, but look, I'm on board. I mean, I definitely want to see the, the show continue, but I just don't see it happening. Um, yeah, it would be difficult. The, there's a lot of, bell, a lot of, with, lot of things. A lot of lot of pieces in there. Um, yeah. I I do like what uh, Michael Coulter is that his name? Yeah, Luke Luke yeah. Cage. I like what he said. He said that yeah, Luke Cage got snap uh, got snapped the, got snapped out got by, aw, uh, snapped. Speaking of aw snap, the Golden Globes were last night. Chris, did you watch any of the Golden Globes? Uh, they were on, yeah, I, um, what was I, it on I Sunday? did, it was on Sunday, I watched some of the, I watched on Hulu last night, but I watched it in like the way that I think we all like to watch award shows, where like, just fast forward through it, yeah, absolutely, just panning through, just being like, cause, and the winner is, blankety blog, and then you're like, he walks up and waves, and then you're like, okay, or let him, you know, they're like, I just want to start by thanking, and then you're like, I get the gist, and then you like, buzz through them, and you're sure they had great things to say, but you're like, we all do it. Like sometimes you find something you're like, oh my gosh, I really want to hear what Blankety Blanc has to say. But for the most part, you can get through a three-hour show in about fifteen minutes if you really try. I mean, yeah, I would agree with you you're on that. Really, if you're really uh, pushing the buttons to their limit on the controller. There are some people though who who have to watch it live and do the party thing and and sure, event, I'd love to. If thing. we can, if they can let us do it, we'll do it. I love it. I didn't say any of that stuff before. <laughs> Actually, I, love you know, I like every, I hang off every single word. I was I was thinking about this, and I thought this would kind of be a cool idea. And someone's probably going to steal it from our podcast because we're so famous. Uh, damn it! Was that we t- do the podcast while the show's on and just like kind of throw a party, but like just interview people <laughs> like throughout the night, like that are at this party, and just be like, oh, what do you what what oh. do you think about uh, Christian Bale and Vice or whatever? And they're like, get the fuck away from me! And the security drags us out. Yeah. Well, I mean, Son of not, a bitch! I didn't mean go to the actual event. I meant the throne event. Oh, I thought you meant be at the event. No, like, no, yeah, no, no. I'll be there. Yeah, just randomly going up to celebrity. That'll never work. It's like, oh, hey, how's it going? You know me. But I'm I freaking Spiel. I'm Tommy. My name's Thomas Spielberg. You might know my father, James Cameron. Fuck, I blew it! <laughs> I like where your head's, though. I like where your head's at. You were thinking big picture stuff. I like, so like Jesus, get this guy out of here. God damn it! Oh, man. So, Golden Globe, Sunday, Black Panther gets a goose egg. Everyone's mad about it. Jim Carrey had an awkward joke, but plugged Sanj as a hedgehog. Yeah, it was. Are, are we excited for this movie? I don't know. Does somebody pay for that? Like, is that a PR stunt? They're like, hey, we'll give Jim Carrey a joke and he can plug the movie? Or do you think it was just like, oh, I'm coming out with a film soon? I don't know. Who cares? 
Yeah, I don't know. Well, there's always writers for the show, so I don't know. Yeah. Was Andy Samberg hosting the show with that other girl or with Sandra O? Oh? Yeah. 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 They did like a co hosting. Were... I think it went pretty well. They had some good jokes. I thought good chemistry. I, I thought she was kind of weak. I mean, she's not a comedic actress, so to speak. Yeah, I didn't feel like the punchlines were hit. Not to say that that whole I just saw that skit and I was like Honestly, I... at some point in the next like five years, there's probably not gonna be hosts for award shows. They're gonna get like IBM's Watson to do it or some shit because like nobody's gonna do those gigs. <laughs> hey Alexa, who are the winners? Yeah, honestly, like they're, they're gonna have to figure out something because it's like nobody wants to host the Oscars anymore. The more critics come out about this stuff, like why? It's like one of the most high profile things you can do to and no matter how good you are, you're gonna get absolutely demolished. Yeah. That, that, like, oh, like you could go out there and give like a you could be like the best one in years and still like the headline the next day I'd be like a queef would have been better for this, you know, and like, God damn it. I Do you think, do you think that it's just like the sign of the times in the sense of like now, I think like how the processes of how the winners are, are determined or have kind of come out now and like more people know about what goes into selecting the winner versus like. Yeah, that it's, that it's a paid for marketing ad type thing that gets people to win awards. Like the Grammys was a big deal because that whole thing rolled out when Macklemore was winning and then like all these artists are. To, have been saying that the academy calls them like hey makes them think they're gonna win so they go mm-hmm. to the show and then they don't win yeah yeah i mean i think there's i think there's a lot of stuff that goes into it being i, I think that we are in some ways a little maybe more disillusioned by them we have such we have so much more access to celebrities through social media than we ever have before it's kind of gone with magic kind of going like, oh cool they're celebrities but then also you take it a step further where you find you kind of get to the point where you're like, okay, it's an award show, but like, what are they really win? Like, this is about how much money they put in or how much the studio paid to get them to have like, to be kind of like their face where- in the front and, and to get on the right <clears throat> side and to have a chance to win. And then you take it a step further where, and me and you, we mean this whole, this whole fucking podcast is about, but like, we just live in a much more, I, I don't think maybe not. No, I'm just gonna say it. We live in a hypercritical time. Like, Right. There's always been critics or there's always been food critics and art critics. But like now everybody can be the ultimate critic at their the touch of their fingertips. And I think that like me and you for movies, we're very crit- I'm very critical on movies. I know that. And I'm fucking. I didn't go to freaking movie school, movie <laughs> critics school academy. No, but I, I have the ability to do that because it's something I enjoy. And we have this little tiny platform we can talk about it on. And if you disagree with me, cool. And if you don't, whatever. But I think what happens is you have a big giant event that has all these things in one place. And it's just, it's an absolute, it's an orchard and people are ready to pick them all down. Good on them. I don't even know. Uh, some of the winners, we will, let's talk about some of the winners for the evening. Let's not shit on the whole show. The whole thing sucks. Even though I'm about to shit on the whole show. Uh, Christian Bale won for Vice. I thought sure. we'll talk about that later in there. I thought that was a good win. Loved his speech. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody kind of cleaned up a little bit. And I was like, why yeah. is it? This movie was trash. Yeah, that's trash. not going to hold. People were disappointed that Stars Born only got one award. Uh, Green Book, I didn't see this movie, but I've heard great things. There's a little bit of controversy about it, but it won three awards. Yep. And Into the Spider-Verse won, but I don't which see... absolutely it should have. Absolutely. Uh, one for animated, which I don't think is... That's a hands-down vote. Yeah, I think there's going to be... I mean, this whole Bohemian Rhapsody thing is, I think, a Golden Globes fluke. Not not saying that... What's the name? Remy, Remy, Remy Malik? Is that it? Am I saying it right? Yeah. Not like to that. say that iRobot's not a great actor, 
uh, and he doesn't do a great job. I think he really, really does in that. But the movie's the, the movie's middle of the road. Uh, as far as a film, it, it pulls a lot of its punches. It does some things right. It, yeah, I, I think that this was a Golden Globe scene. I don't think we'll see this happen at the Oscars. I just don't think it's a quality enough movie. And I know there's been movies before and actors before that probably didn't deserve an Oscar. Blah, 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 blah. But yeah. I would just be shocked if this was one of those that... Re- I mean, you think Bohemian Rhapsody's really... I mean, if even if you take the year where, let's say, Moonlight and... Uh, La La Land went up against each other. Do you think this movie holds a candle to either of those movies that battled for stuff? And maybe it's a split. That could be a thing. People are split between Green Book and Stars Born. No, but it's not going to happen. I mean, I mean Stars yeah. Born is going to clean up at the Oscars, and so is Green Book. Um, I, I, I didn't hate his act. It wasn't like an acting thing. No, he's great in it. It was the great movie in it. Itself Just is the weak. movie it's, itself is true. It's a weak vehicle of their story. That It should have been more hard-hitting, and I know people want to see a light interpretation of Queen, but it, they don't have a light story. I mean, they're not fucking Metallica or uh, whatever Ozzy Osbourne's Black Sabbath, but they had a real story, and I just feel like it pulled a lot of its punches. So it I just did. don't see it. it. I don't see it going good. all the way. Speaking of hitting them where it counts, Chris, uh, Disneyland it's up in the up in the bag again. Here, here it comes. Here it comes. Disneyland announced it's significantly hyping its already steep ticket prices once again this time as it prepares yeah. for Star Wars um, in their expansion. The cheapest single-day ticket for a low demand will now cost triple digits for the first time at $104 for Disneyland and $109 for Disney World. Uh, the Premier Pass will cost you a whopping $11 away from two grand, which is a 23% bump from last year. And prices represent increases ranging from seven to twenty-five percent. That's a that's yes. a lot. Yeah, but it is, it's steep. Let's take a step back here. Cause I, I had thought about this and I was like, oh yo, that's just whack, blah, blah 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 blah. But when you break it down, I think there's like a ticket that's like two hundred bucks, and I think it's a single day hopper pass. Single day two park hopper pass is like one fifty. Like it's basically fifty dollars more than whatever. It's like one fifty nine. No, I, well, yeah, it's going up. I think it's going up to like two hundred. Yeah, yeah. One ninety nine or whatever. But if you break that down, I mean, at least living in New York, when I thought about this, I was like, oh, it's not even that big of a deal. I guess it, I guess it adds up, though, when you're talking about family for food. That's when it yeah. really starts to, to 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 kill you. Um, yeah, because like a night on the town here in New York, like if you go to a, a music, a Broadway show, dinner, you're looking at the same thing and it's a smaller time frame. So, yeah, the whole goal here is to take those ex extremely busy days, make them less busy mm-hmm. and then take the non busy, like the lower non busy days and make them affordable. They're trying yeah, to like well, even this out because yeah. look, that, we, everybody hates when prices go up for anything. It doesn't matter, but this, I don't think this is going to stop people from going to Disneyland or Disney world. No, I mean, there's, I'm not going to sit here. We all know I love Disney, but it's easy when this story goes live and it's on every radio station and the news and all stuff to be like, oh, Disney's a big greedy company that just wants to make more money and make it impossible for families to go to Disneyland. Um, I'm not going to sit here and just say that, no, they don't like money. Like, of course, they're like, oh my God, like we can make a lot more money just by doing this. That's definitely part of it. They they want to fucking make money. But what I will say is that you're dead on because th- if you're, let's say that they make all the tickets $80. Let's just let's let's just say seventy five. Like there's no price increases even when they open a new land that expands their square footage. Like those tickets will sell, and the pack the park will be near capacity. And as someone who's been there on a capacity a near capacity day, 
it is an agonizing experience. Like I, I, I mean, I went there knowing I wasn't going to ride rides. I was just there for the holiday. So I was like, cool, let's, we're going to wander around and do our favorite little things. And, but if I had been there and I had taken my family, let's say, and we had gone in on that, well, wait, it's, it's a nightmare. You're going to ride five rides total. Cause lines are so impossibly long. Everything's hard yeah. to get through. It's, it's, it's just terrible. And, and yes, it's expensive, but by paying that price, you're paying more, but you're also contributing to this sliding scale where hopefully on a really middle of the, I mean, I'm not even say peak season because peak season is always going to sell, but on a middle tier day, instead of it being kind of like a, man, I feel like we didn't do everything. You might have a chance to do more. You're paying more to be able to do more. And they're instilling other programs like, like not only fast pass been around forever, but now max pass and these new things of like ride sharing to, like they're doing things to try and make the overall experience better for the user by letting them move through it more freely instead of them just being like, well, tough if we're, if we're going to sell, cause they could easily just say, okay, instead let's drop the tickets down to $75 and we'll sell out every single day until we have people outside that can't even come in. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely the last thing they want is, is yeah, when that, when it hits it capacity, terrible. when you, when you hit capacity at Disneyland, it just, it sucks for everybody. It sucks for yeah, people trying to get in the park. It sucks for oh. people in the park. It sucks. You can't get out. You can't get where you're going. Every line's impossible. Every food line's possible. It's like there's no. You can't find a place to sit. Grandma's gonna die because she can't keep up and gets swept away in the crowd. Like it's just not worth it. I feel like Disneyland and Disney World really benefits people that live locally in the area because it's a completely different experience when you live in the vicinity, like in the vicinity, versus like putting together this whole trip. And planning and and getting and down making there, a, like, making a week of it or whatever because yeah you're trying to do so much in so little time to bang out you know make it worth it for your dollar but when you live in those areas it's it's ten times better because you get that annual pass you go anytime you pop in I pop out it. I love I was like yo it's three o'clock right now Disney's open for about seven hours I I just go yeah. catch a few rides. Grab a fucking turkey leg and roll out. Yeah, it's perfect great. date night, and I and I'll come back next week. Whatever, like it was, that was the move, and I missed that for sure. But Disneyland tip, Disney World tip: if you're going to have fun, family, or five people, four people, if you really want to hit everything, you got to get in that single rider. That's the move. That's where it's at. That's how you're you. That's how you hack the system. Why do you need to sit next to somebody? Like, what? It's not like you're gonna have a conversation, hold hands. I guess maybe you could hold hands. I mean, if you got kids and you want to ride with your small kids, of course you're gonna be like whatever. But as soon as you are able to do single rider lines, find the single rider lines. It will change That's, your whole experience for a, in a very I mean, positive way. Yeah, you're shaving off about ninety minutes of your life. Oh, each ride sometimes. Oh yeah. Speaking of shaving off your life, no segue there. Just kind of went with that one. Uh, Venom sequel. Okay. How do you feel about this? We're going to they're going for it. Uh, Variety reported they're going to let this happen. (laughs) Variety reports that Sony has brought back screenwriter Kelly Marshall. Oh, good, because he nailed it the first time. Killed it Uh, to write the script for Venom sequel. Uh, She joined the uh, original film late in the process uh, due to a rewrite and will be the head writer this time around and also serve as executive producer. Well, okay, maybe then there's a chance. I don't know what to think about this. Like, I'm like, uh. Mm. Uh, that movie was just like it, it it happened and we're like i feel like 
I feel I feel like that movie was something we were all waiting for. Yeah. We saw it. And then we're like, ah, we didn't want we didn't need that. And then we're like, well, what do we do now? That was <laughs> that was that. Well, what next? That's like happened. you it's like you spent like you finally got that big ass rocket for Fourth of July and it kind of just like yeah. a, it was like a puff of smoke and you're like there it like it is. went up and exploded, but it like wasn't as impressive as it looked like when it was on the ground. Like when you were lighting it, you were like, This thing's gonna be awesome and then like went up and like farted and then popped into like it was just like one of those things like it's like, like oh. sparkling, it's like and then goes yeah. and it's just like a smoke and nothing happened. You're like, well, like, I guess it lifted off the ground and it had some redeemable qualities, but at the end of the day it just just shit the bed. Yeah. Um maybe they'll do better for this one. Maybe. You know what? I, I I never write it off. You know, you never know. You can come back and we're going to talk about a movie later that I thought the franchise couldn't have a good movie and I was wrong. So you never know. Things can come back. Mm, all right. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the same universe, I don't I don't know. Are they in the same universe? Like the post credit scene for Venom was into the Spider-Verse. But I don't. Are they in the same universe? Is, is there any clarity on that? They I mean, they're, def- they're in the same Spider-Verse. They exist in the same universe, but maybe different realities of that universe. Speaking of Spider-Verse, though, there's a TV spinoff uh, in re- in a report detailing Sony's yeah, plans yeah, for, yeah, for the future <laughs> in regards to the various entertainment divisions. The New York Times states that the studio is contemplating TV series for Spider-Verse characters, though Ooh. it's currently unknown which ones could possibly receive such treatment. That'd be fun. I- I'd watch that. I have a theory on who's gonna be if they if this all goes in and comes out on top uh, come through. I think I have a good hunch of the character they'll choose to have their. Who own. do you think? Peter Porker. Ah, that's what I was gonna say. It seems like an easy. It's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. It, it appeals to a lot of people, including your keep... older audience that really like the movie and his character, but also you can get kids into it. Exactly. I think it's good. It's way easier to market than Spider-Man Noir, which would be a little more adult focused. And then and you have to I, deal although with it could Nick be spider it could be spider Gwen I think it'd be cool to have a a female ah she's too busy though unless they recast Haley Steinfeld that's yeah. true I, but John I, Mulaney's busy too yeah but he's not though yeah <laughs> uh, he's busy enough I'll get him on the phone I'll let him know yeah bring him on the show we'll, I'll we'll get debate him on the show. it and he'll be like oh yeah oh, we're best I'm, friends I not mentioned that I should have had him on the show like a long time ago that's on me that's on me his his uh Peter or his Spider Ham outtakes are phenomenal oh yeah when he's like swearing cursing up a storm yeah because he didn't know he was like like, wait what's this movie rated and they're like pg he's like so everything we just did is useless (laughs) they're like yeah but we wanted you to do it (laughs) it made for great content hey great content great a content all right chris let's let's break down these movies all right chris we're starting things off i thought we'd Keep it on a positive note first, because everything is easy with a spiritual Hey-oh! <laughs> Mary Poppins! We're I know sorry. that one! Jiminy Chim Chiminy! I'm uh, sorry, when Mary Poppins returns, got a 78 certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. The film is set in 1930s Depression-era London. In the story, Michael and Jane are now grown up with Michael, his three children, and their housekeeper, Ellen, living on Cherry Tree Lane. After Michael suffers a personal loss, the enigmatic the enigmatic nanny, Mary Poppins, re-enters the lives of the Banks family, and along with the optimistic street lamplighter, Jack, uses her unique magical skills to help the family rediscover joy and wonder 
missing in their lives. Mary Poppins also introduces the children to a new assortment of colorful, whimsical characters, including her eccentric cousin, Topsy. Topsy! Uh, Chris, did you get a chance to see this one? Blimey, I saw it on Christmas Day, Governor. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. Uh, what do you think? Went a little Australian there at the end. Yeah, um, you went what, you went London what, to Australia and oh, oh, they're, they're they're way close to each other though. You can jump from one to the other one if you're lucky. Uh what did I think of this movie? Um, I really enjoyed it. I did. Um, I was not a Mary Poppins fan growing up. I would still say I'm not a Mary Poppins fan as I'm older. Um, I think it has some really cool good qualities. I think it did a lot of good things for Disney. Um, but yeah, not not one of my not one of my faves. So going into this one, I was kind of like, well, here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, and while it is technically a sequel, it's very it, like you read in the little thing. It, it's really I was glad to see that it was just the kid. The two kids from the movie are grown up and it's a whole different story. Um, I, I thought it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. I thought it was light, fun, a great family film. Uh, as many. Splash trash. I, I actually would give it a splash. I think it's a great, enjoyable movie. Um, I think okay. there's as many bad songs. No. No, I would think I would say there are a couple songs that are amazing. There's a couple yep. dance numbers that are great. A couple songs that fall a little flat, um, and the story overall is pretty much kind of what you would see coming. But there's a lot of cool visual stuff. Emily Absolutely. Blunt is amazing. Uh, I definitely recommend seeing it. Yeah, I, I was I was glad I went. It was a perfect it was a perfect Christmas Day movie to say. Um, yeah, I would agree with you on. You, I think you kind of nailed majority of what I was gonna say. Um, I thought that. Emily Blunt killed it as Mary Poppins. There was kind of a, and we won't get into the spoilers or anything, but there was kind of a weird dark twist at the end, right? Yeah, I mean, there's, it's. Um, but I thought visually the movie was awesome. Yeah, it's, like you it's, said, there's, it's great. Um, I love the, obviously the cameos. Yeah, you gotta, great. I mean, we're not going to spoil it for you, but well, we'll gonna, spoil it. There, if you didn't uh, know there was, great. if you did, if you didn't know there's cameos coming up in this movie, you're an idiot. That's yeah, there's some real, there's some real classic, uh, some real classic actors that make some appearances. Although strangely enough, not to ruin it, but Julie Andrew, uh, Julie Andrews didn't make an appearance, which I thought was strange. Right, I thought that was weird too. But is she alive? Yeah, she's still alive too. I- I'm surprised she didn't just swing by to like do no, some I weird. Did I think she? I think she was in the movie. No, she wasn't. That was Angela Lansbury. That was Angela Lansbury? Yeah, the balloon-selling lady. I thought that was Julie Andrews, but, that was Angela but she Lansbury. didn't. She's like 140. Yeah. And still 45. hot as ever. <laughs> still still knows how to hot. sling a balloon. Knows how to freaking murder she wrote. Hey. Hey. Um, uh, I, I give the movie... I, I was on the fence about this, I, but it did bring back a little ch- child nostalgia, so I guess I'm, it's hard to not give this one a splash. I think the movie... Um, maintains its reputation um, mm-hmm. from the first one and kind of regenerates it for... Because you could watch this movie, not even see the first one, and be fine. Yeah, absolutely. My wife, Allie, oh. said the best thing. Because I thought she was some... My theory was that she's some sort of demon, like interdimensional demon that that feeds off of children's happiness opposed to their like fear. Um, but Allie, I think, probably has it closer saying that she's probably something similar to like a time Lord in doctor who, you know, some sort of like spatial dimensional being, but just 
goes around for good purposes, who can move between this cartoon realm and, and this crazy different underground never wear type society. And then like, I, th- I think that's closer than a, than some sort of Japanese demon that, that feeds on happiness, <laughs> but we'll those see. Are, you never know. You never know. I'm looking for Mary are, Poppins three. Those are definitely two different <laughs> scenarios. We, we um, had different takes. What can I say? I think, I think it's meant to be read in between the lines and open for interpretation. Definitely a uh, demon. That is what you're saying. Cool. But That's two Chris, votes for I, demon. One thing I got to ask you, and this is spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie and want, don't want to be spoiled, stop listening and How move you on. Spoiled bitch. <laughs> uh, bitch. Chris, did you know? Did you? Could you tell the when he went to patch up the kite that he was going to use the certificates? Absolutely. Did you see that? Absolutely. I 100% saw that, and I was like, absolutely. This movie's. I was like. I can walk out of the movie now. I know it. Oh, happens. got it. Solved it. Mystery yeah. solved. Thanks for I, nothing, I was, Mary Poppins. It was like one of those things that was completely obvious, and you're like, "Oh, that's the certificate right there." But was he? Was he doing? That's the only paper he decided to take out because it because it was drawn on. Nah, Little dick like, bag. But they, I mean, they. It was like a quick glance, but you definitely saw it. Yeah, they were, set, like, they were setting. They were us. I mean, it's a movie meant for children, so I guess that we solved the great caper of the preschool. It wasn't where in the world is Carmen San Diego yeah. or Waldo, but yeah. Somebody find her! Somebody find her! Uh man, next movie on the list, we're talking Vice. Vice got a 63%, so it's positive. Uh, so Vice it's ex- positive. <laughs> Vice explores the epic story uh, about how a bureaucratic Washington insider quietly became the most powerful man in the world as vice president to George W. Bush, reshaping the country and the globe in ways that we still feel today. This movie was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, you really, uh, you really I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. I think it hit everything. I think uh, Christian Bale, when he gets in those roles where he's like, uh, got to become somewhat of a method actor, which he really does. Well, that's what he is. So it fits real yeah. well. Yeah, no, he he nailed this one. And it's funny. It's like serious. There's a comic book reference in the midst of it all. The way this movie was shot and the way that it was put together is very unique. It's not traditional. Mm-hmm. There's there's jokes in there that it plays with the audience. It kind of does break a fourth wall, but not so much where the characters are, but where is like the storyteller is. And mm-hmm. um I also thought that Sam Rockwell nailed George Bush. Yep. And I, I also <laughs> I also thought that um Steve Carell was really great in it as well. For me, I'm not into politics. I don't care. Although my parents would tell me I'm so far liberal, I can't see straight. <laughs> Stupid parents. So I, I, I'm like, I, I don't even care. Uh, I should care. Don't. I should care. But I don't. I'm a young adult. What am I gonna do? What are you gonna do? Yeah. Um. I. Uh. Yeah. On this one, I we're in agreement on some and, and disagreement on others because I, I agree. I think Christian Bale did a fantastic job. I think that there were, I think, uh, obviously, Sam Rockwell, uh, he quietly, and for some people, has really come to the forefront of being just an amazing actor. He can really, yeah. he can play a lot of roles, he can be a character, he can be, but he put his own twist on it, he can be, he, he's fantastic, he deserved the Oscar he won for the three billboards, and uh, I think he's going to keep making a lot of great movies, because he's been making good shit for a long time. Um, I think the acting a lot was good, I, I really, overall, for the movie, thought it was a miss. Oh, wow. Um, it's it's definitely it's in the same style because it's from the same director of the big short Mm -hmm. um 
And so you have that style, like you said, you're breaking the fourth wall, like in Big Short, Gosling talks to you sometimes, and then you're bouncing around between multiple storylines, different things are happening, and while these are serious issues, you have some stuff that's supposed to make you laugh, it gives humor with reality. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily, actually, no, I think it is. I mean, the housing crisis and all that stuff in Big Short, while it's upsetting, it's not vile in a way. You can think the banks are evil, but the characters we see in the Big Short are people that we kind of are rooting for. Uh, in this one, you're you're bouncing between really dark, heavy, intense shit that we look back on historically and are like, holy fuck, like what the shit happened? And then it's bouncing to comedic light stuff. And I think that that's just too jarring when you're dealing with something. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm super into politics either, but I know that Dick Cheney is not a freaking good dude. Oh, he's no, like, by no means. He's freaking Emperor Palpatine, right, basically. Right. So I, I think that I think it, it missed me in that way. I understood and not a miss in the sense it was I don't think it was trash at all. I think it was an ambitious undertaking. I think the acting saves that Amy Adams is wonderful. Yep. Uh, I just I feel like 63 is very deserving for it, in my opinion, because while those things helped build it up, the movie itself and the way it, that it was taken to the into the like the way they brought it to life was just could be a little unsettling. A little unsensitive, if you would. I mean, not insensitive. They could have gone. And what was I? What was I looking for? You know, did I want? I wasn't looking for anything. I didn't need a Dick Cheney biopic. Um, so, whatever. This is one way to take it, and maybe that's the best way to tell this story with this kind of almost satirical edge to it, on top of really heavy stuff to kind of give it that balance. But it just was the middle of the road. You giving it a meh? I give it a meh. Right, I'm... But the acting's worse. But the acting's worse seeing. That's that's what's tough about Oscar season. This movie is a meh for me. But if you really like Oscars and you like great acting, just go see it with Christian Bale doing what he does best. Uh, I'm gonna give it a, I'm gonna give it a splash. I did like it. I thought it was a great film. Um, this probably flirts along the lines of like art versus reality, and separating mm-hmm. people, terrible people from that whole thing. I don't look at it that way. I could see, I could see your point with like. By no means do I think that Dick Cheney is a great person. He figured. Sure. Absolutely. He figured out a system, manipulated people, and and got what he wanted, and shot somebody in the face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All good things. All good things. So I don't. By no means. I. But I don't think this film. I don't think this film portrays him in a light. But it does. It has a. Absolutely it has not. a satire yeah. to it that uh, makes you laugh at the situation. It's probably not re- really a laughable situation. It's a good point. It's a good point, yeah. Chris, and uh, I, I see where you're coming from. <clears throat> On a more happy note, let's get into some stuff the kids would like. Bumblebee. For the kids. It's for the yeah, kids. Yeah, because G-Splash is all about the kids. For the children. Like Wu-Tang, you know? Uh, Wu-Tang! Bumblebee is at a 93% and is certified fresh. Um... Hell yeah! On the year, uh, on the run in the year 1987, Bumblebee finds refuse in a junkyard in a small Californian beach town. Charlie is on the cusp of turning 18 and trying to find her place in the world. Discovers Bumblebee battle scarred and broken. When Charlie revives him, she quickly learns this is no ordinary yellow VW bug. Yeah, uh, no way. Chris, you saw this movie. What'd you think? I uh, absolutely loved it. Loved it. Uh, for a multitude of reasons, um, but yeah, I I was I was over the moon about it. Calling it a trash? I mean, a, a splash? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a trash. Is what I'm getting it's at. Splash. Yeah, it's a splash. It's a splash. Right. It's a splash for me. Uh, I'm calling it a splash as well. This is probably 
up there with the first Transformers movie. After watching after watching the movie though, I felt and Chris maybe you definitely chime in on this. I definitely felt this isn't spoilers either. Oh maybe it is. Eh, whatever. It, it's been it's, it's been out for a while. People know. And it, yeah, yeah, and it's a prequel. Um I definitely felt like at the end of this movie I was like, oh well, what now? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's the vibe yeah, I that's, got? That's a that's a that's a great point. I mean, this is a prequel movie. It takes place in the '80s. This isn't giving away anything. At the end of the film, yes, it's definitely setting up to be like, oh, this this movie happened, and this will lead into the other Transformers movies. The reason that I felt what you're feeling is because all I thought in my head was, well, they should just redo the Transformers movies, or or they should redo the first Transformers movie and then make better choices about the sequels. Yeah, because with this creative team, with this style, this without Michael um, Bay, where, where it's gone now, without my, with Michael Bay producing, probably because he owns some sort of rights to it, um, I, I they should just redo it. They should just sure they set it up as kind of like hinting that the first thing, like that the Transformers are gonna the, the Autobots are gonna come here and we're gonna have a small team, but just redo it in this style. the The animation itself takes. Uh, I'll just get into why I really love this movie because. I don't think I was surprised it got a 93, 94, 95, whatever it was at, how it fluctuated. Uh, I thought that was going to be, I thought it was going to be amazing. And it was amazing. It was good. It wasn't, I was amazing as a movie, as a movie, I wouldn't give it, I probably would have given like an 85 and 86. But as I was walking out, the thing I couldn't get over was the fact that they don't make movies like this anymore for kids. They don't make action movies for kids. And that's exactly what this was. Like a Goonies type. It had a Goonies vibe. Yes. If you take your family, like if you take your family to the movies and you got like kids that are maybe kind of in between or mm-hmm. P- you just want to see a PG action movie, like you either have to see a Marvel movie or you have to see like Smallfoot or there's another one coming out soon, like the kid who would be king. Like then there's all the young adult movies like Divergent and Hunger Games shit. Like that are too old just, for, yeah. for a while there. They stopped making movies that were just fun and action packed. I mean, this is this movie is E.T. if E.T. was a badass robot mm-hmm. like it's a friendly family friendly movie with awesome explosions and great animations and a cool heartfelt story. Like that's honestly what I want to see. And I didn't need the transformer movies that Michael Bay made. Like I want to see it being like the cartoon that I grew up with in the fact that these are emotional stories about kids. Most of the time helping robots fight off bad robots. And even the animation was a little bit like not necessarily so sleek and robotic, but robotic with a little bit maybe boxier or maybe a little outlandish design, but not in the sense that it's like some kind of crazy cheetah slash whatever. Like it's actually a boom box that ejects a tape that turns into something. Like I think that that's, I think it was cool. And I walked away being like, I want to see more movies like that, that take it seriously to make a good action movie for kids. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree. I got that vibe as well. Um, I did like that. We actually got to see like a, a a decent transformer transforming legitimately, especially in the yeah. daytime. Yeah, they, I mean the technology is caught up. A, a friend of mine that I work with, we were he, he went and saw it. We were chatting, and it was like you know the first ones. I remember when Transformers One came out, I was like, oh my god, like look at the CGI on this stuff. Like we are at the place where you can make this movie, and now it's the, it, this. We've come so much further, even with CGI that it didn't have to be as flawless and that made it more realistic. Like Mm -hmm. it didn't need to be shining all the right places with a thousand gears. Like it could just be one section of metal moving. And I was like, wow, that actually looks like real metal. It's like for how in Deadpool two, 
you get to the point where you're like, or N1 really, you're like, I don't know that Colossus isn't made out of metal. Like, I buy it. Right, right. I, I would agree. Because he's not super shiny and like, look at me. It's like more just like a normal steel you would see anywhere. And I, I think and there that's wasn't like, what made it And there it wasn't great. like 90 different flares, light flares bouncing off of the fucking yeah, semi-truck. Yeah, no, and things are exploding. No and you're like, what piece and like is that on the truck? Aren't. Yeah. Yeah, instead it's like, no, the part that's my nose goes down into my chest, and now my head is right here. It's not like, okay, my head's going to spin and come out of my asshole, and then it's going to pop through my chest and come out, and that's why my two arms go inside of me and then explode out of my bed. No, it's just like, my arms are in my side, and my head is right here. Yeah, exactly. See how easy that was? Yeah. I loved it. it. A, and Haley Steinfeld more, crushed it. It was more, it was the, more, the uh, eight, more, yeah. more turtle transforming than uh, Rub- a Rubik's yes. Cube transforming. Yeah, it doesn't need to be like that. Like we could, I'm sure that we could make this much simpler, especially if you're an organism that does this. Yeah, you kind of hit it on there. Um, I do want to say this, and this is a spoiler, so stop listening if you haven't seen it yet. But oh fuck! <laughs> uh, <laughs> I definitely felt like there was a continuity error with the ending, though. Was I? Uh, yes. Because they were. I felt like at least I remember, and I could be 100 percent wrong, but I thought. Optimus Prime came down with Shia, like they all came down when Shia LaBeouf was. Uh, well, I guess no, I guess Bumblebee was on the lot. Yeah, because he was the Camaro that he went and bought and like was driving around, and then he had to. Like, but then Optimus go came. The sensor array. But then Optimus came. Yeah, Optimus came with the rest of the group. So I mean, I guess there is a time frame where he could come down and go back up and then come back down. Uh, well, he wouldn't really need to leave, I don't think. I mean... I, I do think this. I think that, that you raise a good point, because at the end, it jumps forward or whatever. Not doesn't jump forward, but you see Optimus Prime and Bumblebee walking together. Spoiler alert, Bumblebee made it. Uh, you see them walking, and they look up to the sky, and he's like, and now we have hope, or whatever. And you see uh, the streak marks of, like, five other Transformers. So, yes, they're doing it differently than all of them showing up at once and meeting Bumblebee, because Optimus is already there. But I think that also could be intentional because I think what I said earlier, could, when they see how much money this movie made, the critical reception, I think they might just say, hey, you know, why don't we just fucking reboot it? Like, we can do it better mm-hmm. and differently and we won't have these crazy, stupid ideas. Um, we could do it without making them terrible. What does everybody think? How's that sound? And everybody goes, yeah, that sounds great. I, I don't really like the terrible ones so much. We won't have to deal with Shia LaBeouf or Megan Fox. Yeah, and some guy in the back's like, raises his hand. He's like, could we get Mark Wahlberg back? And they're like, get the fuck out of here, Gary! I do kind of like Mark Wahlberg, though. No, I mean, Mark Wahlberg's great. I should go with Shia LaBeouf, but you said it already, and then it would have been awkward. Uh, and I do like Shia LaBeouf, so... Uh... I thought John Cena did a great job in Bumblebee, too. thought he was I, fun. I was, kind, well, I was not... Disapp- John Cena killed it. I thought he was great. I, yeah, he was great. I think I was looking forward to the crossover, but I'm kind of glad it wasn't in there because that just sounds like too much mixing GI Joes and Transformers. Yeah, yeah, I don't. We don't need. We don't just. This is. There's another great point. The best thing about this movie, too, one of the one of the great things about this movie was that it was simple. It, it was, was just. Simple. It was. It wasn't okay. Bumblebee's here, and he's got to fight fifty-two transformers. Okay, but these fifty-two transformers, they can turn into one big transformer. Like you know, it was like there's two transformers that are here, and they're looking for him, and he's hiding out. Like we don't need to overdo this. Mm-hmm. And they lightly. We're not reinventing the wheel. It's just a. It's just a fucking movie for people that want to see a good movie. I think. I think the funny thing about transformers in today's uh, world. 
because there's a there's a lot of questions and like a lot of things that don't make sense to where you if you remove yourself from it and make it simple like you said it's it's very enjoyable but when you start to question yeah. every like it's much like goonies in the sense of where like if you really question the shit out of goonies you'd be like this movie's fucking terrible yeah or, absolutely or indiana jones or um home alone for that matter you know like you could yeah, really you you make it yes but all in the sense all in all this was up there with the first transformer film um if not right i don't know i don't know do you think the first first transformers got like a 60 percent? it was critically fun to watch but it had a lot of fucking weak points as far as acting and the overall story didn't make any sense with the allspark yeah it started a good franchise and it was like there's hope for this but this movie for me blew the first Transformers out of the water. I think so. Absolutely. Just the, everything about it was better. The emotional connection, the characters, the dialogue, the way it was filmed. Is it funnier? All of it was is great. Is it funnier? Uh, I would say that there's the, the, the humor is different. It's not, it's not so like humor for humor's sake. Like it's worked in and, but there are some really funny jokes in there. Um, yeah, I, for me, it just, it blew the first one away. And I was always a fan of like, Oh cool. They did a Transformers movie. But now, just make them. I mean, the fight scene on Cybertron where Optimus yeah, Prime's really. in it for like five minutes in the beginning of the movie, I could have walked. I could have got up and walked out. I could have been like, oh, oh, okay, well, that was the film. That was fantastic. I, I see what everybody liked about it. And there was still a whole movie to go. Wait, you didn't wait at the beginning. You didn't like that. No, I, I'm saying I could have left happy at that oh, point oh, because yes, you literally yes, get yes. the Optimus Prime just wreck on a freaking on Cybertron, and you're like, oh yeah, baby. <laughs> This is he just looks like a truck and he skydives off a collapsing building. You're like, who the fuck is this guy? Uh, all in all, it looks like it's in their best interest to to reboot this movie, considering that none of the other Transformers movies has a good score. Um, yeah, at least the other ones are all called like, well, I mean, this one was called Bumblebee, so you wouldn't call the next one Bumblebee Two. You'd probably call it Optimus Trans. Yeah, Optimus Prime. Bumblebee 2 could work, I guess. The other guy. Let's just make Transformers 1. Just call it Transformers 1. Transformers Prime would be cool. Or just robots in disguise. Yeah, that's that. That's, yeah, see, that's, that's the mar- great. That's the marketing in me. Like, and then yeah. they just say, they just say not, not Michael Bay. That's what the movie's called. <laughs> People are like, oh, I'll see that. Oh, that sounds great. Oh, I'll see that. Well, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we need to move on. This We talked a lot about uh, fucking... That's because they're great movies and people that are still listening are dedicated. Damn right. Hey, but next movie is a... Oh, I, got a I got a lot to say about this I can't wait because I, I... I've got a, a bucket to dump on this bad boy. I can't wait. It's going to be juicy. And we're talking Aquaman, the biggest hype of DCEU movies since Wonder Woman found out to be successful. Uh, 65% on Rotten Tomatoes. The film reveals the origin story of the half-human half Atlantean Arthur Curry and takes him on the journey of his lifetime. One that will not only force him to face who he really is, but to discover if he's worthy of who's born to be a king. Chris, take it away. Just, just go all in. The spotlight is yours. I am going to come out swinging by saying that I really enjoyed this movie. Mm. Um, I did. I, it is by no means perfect. It is by no means great. Uh, it's not nearly as good as Wonder Woman, um, no. for a multitude of reasons. Thousands of reasons. Uh, but, but 
I really did have a fun time watching it. And that comes from a couple, two major things for me, which is what you're looking for in a superhero movie, because sometimes when it's lacking, you get something like Dawn of Justice or uh, or Suicide Squad, mm. which is James Wan was able to do exactly what Kenneth Brawl did in the first Thor, which is make a movie that maybe isn't complete in its story, but he makes amazing set pieces like seeing the, the Atlantis, each of the different kingdoms, like the visual style, how big things could be the battle, the big giant battle sequences are really brilliant, very smooth, like really something visually just pleasing to watch. And it kind of lets your imagination run wild, which I think is great. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> the other thing he does really well. And I already said this is fight sequences because uh, he has a style that's very like it, it's fluid and it can be a little, maybe a little bit artsy or a little bit uh, kind of over the top, but you believe it when you're in a world like this. And so these, some of these fight sequences with like trident battles or like the way that they moved in the water to fight, I, I thought it was really, really well done and it kept me engaged. The problem with this movie for me was a lot of the other pieces <clears throat> because the entire time I felt like every time this movie gave me something, it took something away there would be a really good fight sequence and then there would be some very terrible dialogue. Mm. There would be a really cool thing that occurred that I was like, oh, that surprised me. And then immediately after, there would be something that didn't make sense, like in the way a character said something, in the way that they were just awkwardly looking at the camera, a weird a weird camera angle on a character, um, things that took me out of the experience. Like I'd be like, okay, I'm in it, okay. And there'd be like a really wooden line like, and that's when your mom said, and you're like, what was that? It wasn't even like there was a couple of times like a joke just got nothing at all in the theater. <laughs> like, like just absolutely crickets. And I was like, oh God, that was brutal. Like it, and those things take you out. I mean, you can go to a movie and enjoy it. Like you can just have fun. You can go to a movie that's maybe not great and go through it. But there are certain things when they throw off the pace of it, it kind of, it takes you out of it. It's one reason I say this a lot on the stupid podcast. I don't know why. I'm a big fan of Speed Racer movie, an absolutely terrible movie. That's bold. But I like Speed Racer and I'm a fan of it because from start to finish, you are along for the fucking ride in that movie because there's no real transitions. It does these weird things where it's swiping you into a story halfway through, and but it doesn't jar you because it's colorful and fast moving and you're just kind of, you're welcome to the ride. They show you the lights this one, and you're just like, uh, lights. Yeah. Like, see this? Okay, there's a race. Then this happened, and now things move. And it was really, it was weird. And and yes, the story wasn't great. But this movie has some really amazing pieces and parts. I was like, that is so cool. DC struggles to find these kind of things. And then it would just hit me with Amber Heard talking for 10 minutes. And I'm like, she. I don't care what you, you can say whatever you want. She, she was great as like a, a heroine fighting. But my God, she cannot act her way out of a bag. She is so wooden in her delivery. I don't believe a fucking word coming out of her mouth at any time. Like, it just boggles my mind. <laughs> I'm not saying, like, Megan Fox bad because, like, she has some redeeming things. But, like, sometimes she'd say something and I'd just be like, did you, did you practice it? Um... So there's things like that. I mean, those are my main criticisms. I thought, so, um, I, I almost want to say Patrick Warburton, but that's not it. Uh, Patrick, whatever. The guy who played Ocean Master, so, the main villain. Well, let me ask you before, real quick. Well, yeah, it, get, get me in there. Um, so you mentioned, and I 100% for the most part agree with what, everything you're saying, but you mentioned 
some of the lines just not landing. Whose fault is that? Is that the that's I feel like that's the director's fault. No, it is. It, it, it's the it's the director's fault because I mean yes on some level you can blame the script and the way it's written and the way certain lines are worked into it in the story that's great but the interpretation is most of it by a director and so the fact that a line's delivered poorly and that's the one that makes the cut or a something lingers there's a great sequence uh, spoiler alert for the next ten seconds twenty seconds I don't know <laughs> Black Manta and his father in the very oh beginning God. of the movie trash he's he he gets trapped under the torpedo's dad and he says and his dad says okay like you you're going to you need to leave me here and this is a section where is, not only it take oh, out but it's a, it's a missed opportunity nope, i want to say something real quick i feel like th- this is this is what i like to call the chris moment in movies where you could easily yell something to the screen and fix the problem in seconds absolutely this is a moment yeah okay there there's a, yeah this is like there's and, a full, and, this movie's there's full of certain them. things you can do this is what I'm saying, though, as far as like a, a line being poor in this section is the torpedo is trapped Black Manta's father. Black Manta is trying, trying to lift the thing to get it and, and Aquaman's already taken off, whatever. And his dad is like, you know, whatever, I'm not going to die like this and pulls out a grenade and, and, he, and he pulls the pin on it and he's holding it above his head. And it's a missed opportunity because the guy that plays Black Manta, he looks at the, that for like three seconds of silence and then goes, no, dad. <laughs> And it's like, but he already had pulled the pin, put it above his head, and then he had this reaction. There was a great moment with the music building right there where if he had just looked at his dad and, like, didn't say anything, just, like, put his forehead against his dad's forehead and for, like, a a beat and then turned and ran out, it would have had so much more emotional resonance than this awkward, strange, like, no, dad, and then turn and run away. It was stuff like that through the whole movie where I was like, you had a chance to do something really cool right there. And it was in the middle of something that was actually pretty cool, but it just was like, it's no different. Honestly, that line, not to the same grand scale, but it was no different than Martha in Dawn of Justice, where you're just, where everyone in the theater just goes, the fuck? Oh my God, I'll never forget that moment. And and it sucks too, because honestly, there were, there, and I, I want to reiterate and go back to this really quick. There were so many bright spots in this movie. Mm-hmm. Black Manta, in general, was a, f- I would watch a movie just based on him and his, his, his adventures. I mean, it kind of had this funny, quirky Iron Man slash revenge badass assassin dude pirate angle that was really cool. And a little, a Ocean little, Master, uh, I think he did Michael good. Keaton vibe too. Absolutely, absolutely. He had, and, and I believed his reasoning. I I believed everybody's reasoning. I mean, the, the main villain. I believed kind of what he was. I was like, I get it. I can get on board with what you're trying to do. Yeah, you're a bad guy, but okay. Like there were no unbelievable motives for mm-hmm. them. But at the same time. Then I had to watch. Then I had to watch Aquaman go on a Indiana Jones esque adventure with Amber Heard, where he's not even the main character in the movie. It feels like because he's just being drug places by other people. One hundred percent. The whole movie is people being like, "Come on, Aquaman, we gotta keep going, or the he move, or the plot won't go into, along." To Laura Croft in like twenty minutes of the movie, and you're like, "Yeah, All right." And I get, you can't have him just be a leader and be like, yeah, I fucking know everything. Where's that tried? This direction. Here I go. But at some point, it just can't be a movie of him being like, I don't want to fucking be here. And people be like, well, you better be here. And he's like, fine, I'll be here. It's like, oh, for good Lord's sakes. Um, <laughs> Chris, you, you said a lot, and I agree with you all the way. 
uh, I was a little bit. Was there anything that you loved about it or anything that you definitely hated or something that I liked that you didn't like or I hated? Like, give me something like I want to know. Are we on the same page? I think so. Um, I think our I think our ratings might be slightly different. Um, But I think that. I agree with everything you're saying. There were definitely missed opportunities with uh, the villain. I can remember sitting in the theater being like, hmm, that's it? With with Black Manta. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I feel the same way. It's like, wow, you set up that really... And maybe that's one of those things where they can come back. the nail on the head he with him. Back, and he yeah. was never... He was never supposed... He was just supposed to be kind of like a your middle range villain to kind of make it hard for... Aquaman to do what he was doing, but they didn't know, oh God, we got a great actor to do this. And it was a cool thing and people wanted more. Like, good for us. I guess we know what the sequel is going to be about. Here's here's where that falls short is like, one, like you said, the the setup for the character is terrible. Um, there's not enough of him. When he finally is in the movie, like full full blast ready to take him on. And he's very warranted, very, you know, Killmonger-esque, if you will. Um. Mm-hmm. And then it happens, and it's like over, and that's it. Uh, so, my uh, this movie stays in the DC EU realm recipe. This has mm-hmm. the corny lines that don't land. Yep. This has yep. the gray monster at the end, and this has a character that's the main character that's not really the main character trying to figure out what he's supposed to be doing, but. At the end of the day, I don't know if he completed his mission because I don't know if I don't I don't I just don't know. Yeah. Um I I actually like Jason Momoa as Aquaman. I really do I too. I was really I, hoping I, so. I, I don't think yeah. I was really hoping he would hit his his mark with his punchline, his his catchphrase and the other one. Which I can't think of right now. Which is my man. Yeah. My man. My man. <laughs> yeah, I we talked about this off ca- uh, off off the cast, and um, you said you typed out something, and I read it, and I was like, "What is he saying right now?" Because <laughs> you set it up for me, and it was perfect. But my man, this was basically—it looks like someone took an entire puzzle of the MCU and tried to smash pieces together. Oh yeah, you're talking about the movie I saw this weekend, yeah. Thor DF. You're talking about Thordiana Black Pant Man Two Vitar Civic Rim. Yeah, this had. Oh wait, no, it was this movie because it had a bunch of other movie pieces stitched together. Yeah, this. I don't. I mean, this just goes to show that this Warner Brothers and DC kind of have this whole mashup mess that they're just kind of throwing more syrup on to sugarcoat shit. Um. Let me dive deeper into why that title is it, because I think it really speaks to it. Because, it's yes, every- a lot of great movies are pulled from a lot of pieces or inspiration. But things in this were just too close. I made the joke earlier, this movie is Wet Thor. It's called Thor Deanna because it is Thor. It's about a guy who isn't worthy, but he's got to find out that he is worthy. And he's got this crazy under underwater, just like Atlantis is no different than freaking yep. Asgard. Yep. It's Indiana because he's got to go on this journey through a desert and find these old relics. And there's this like Indiana Jones-esque music playing. It's Black Panther, too, because there's a challenge to a kingdom where they have to fight in an arena. And he gets basically- beaten, but somehow survives and then comes back at the end to reclaim it. Basically it's basically fighting the Ant-Man same, too. He's fighting the same character, who he is. He's finding the same person. 
Yeah, exactly. Much like Just Venom. A, different, a better trained version of him. Right. This is Ant-Man 2 because at one point they go to a place that shouldn't exist and find somebody wearing pieces of the creatures that live there who has been hiding just like in Ant-Man 2 with the uh, freaking Wasp's mom. Right. It's called Avatar because the biggest, baddest creature in the ocean becomes his personal horse. And also because that horse happens to be a kaiju, just like in Pacific Rim. Like, it just took a lot of piece of things together. I don't discredit it for that. It just made me laugh the whole time I was watching the film going, there's another movie. There's another movie it's a part of. There's another movie it's a part of. I think they could, I don't, and I don't know why they keep going back to this giant gray monster. Every movie has yeah, a giant like all kaiju gray look monster. the exact same. Why do they keep doing that? Yeah. Like, no, the monster was this, pretty badass. I'm not going to lie to eh, you. But like you say, I saw it four movies ago. Like I saw it no, it's four true. times in four movies ago. I think. Yeah, didn't Charlie Hunnam beat this thing with a robot? This there's a gray monster in uh, Justice League, Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. Batman versus Superman, and now Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Every one of them have some type of gray monster with fire, and I don't Shit. understand why that's like the recipe. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think it played well into the story. I think actually probably my favorite moment of the film itself was actually him, his little speech where he's talking to the monster to help get it on his side. But that's also probably because what you said earlier, which is I love him as Aquaman. I don't think they gave him enough to do. I don't think he had enough opportunity to show off that he could make this character super three-dimensional. It was like, you're just going to be you through the whole movie kind of like grunting and being along for the ride. And then we'll give you this one killer monologue where it's like, Oh wow, this character has depth. And then we're just going to make you fight. Yeah. Th- th- I just, I think this movie, you're, it, it was fun, but it was just like, wow, <laughs> you know, I wasn't impressed. I wasn't, I, I thoroughly came out disappointed. So all in all, I've got to say that this movie's trash. I gotta give wow. it a try. I'll give it. A, I'm giving it. A, I'm giving it a man for sure. Um, I think that we got really lucky. I think the DC movies show us how lucky we got with Marvel and how they started off on such a high note. And even though they had little ones that set them back a bit, how Captain America one wasn't great and how Thor was f- fun and did a lot of good things, but it wasn't fantastic. Um, I think that we take that for granted with how good those were, and DC started doing so poorly. I think Wonder Woman brought them up a notch, and I'm hopeful that since this one broke even, they have enough to build on all the foundation of Atlantis and all this lore they had to basically create because people don't know it. I think that that could lead to a very successful second film. Now, you say that about Thor, and while Thor 1, like I said, did some great things and was fun and and expanded the universe, Thor 2 sucked balls until you got Thor 3, which is one of the best Marvel movies. So you never know what's going to happen. I think that... DC started in a really dark place and maybe they're finally starting to claw their way out. So I'm along for the ride. I give it a meh. Yeah. I mean, my only thing to my only counter to what you're saying is uh, for the future is they've, they're going to shoot themselves in the foot with a different suicide squad movie and a different Joker movie. And a, yeah, it's going to get, it's going to get messy man. quick. Ju- and I, Justice league just happened too soon. They were just too, they were too hot to trot on that one. They literally just said, okay, you don't know these fucking characters, but you've seen them kind of. Put them together. Yeah, and I think that their TV stuff is doing better. Obviously. Yeah, their their TV stuff is successful, man. So they kind of 
But then they did that. They can weird- do bad television shows well. <laughs> so that they should already know something's going. Like, we can't make a movie to save our lives, but goddamn, people will watch these shitty TV shows and they get great reviews. I mean, yeah, it's definitely a it's a it's it's pretty trash, but it's it's tr- it's like fun trash TV. It's very consumable trash, like trash you want to watch. Yeah, I mean, the fact that we can't even put together this trash to make it sound crispy, like yeah. Eh. The, the person who can't decide or, or can't tell the difference between a DC character and a Marvel character is definitely not putting this shit together. So, um, I feel for you. I feel for you as a as a moviegoer, as a person who just wants to see fun and adventure, and just not getting what your expectations are. Just not getting what I'm looking for. Here. <clears throat> um, I think this is one of the worst DCEU movies. Really? Uh, wow, I am shocked by that because they have made some really bad movies. I think I nothing's touching Wonder Woman. No, um, I think the first Superman movies isn't. Uh, I think that's better than this movie, though. I would say that it ties with Man of Steel. Man of Steel has depth for though. second place, and that's. This one has depth in a different way, but Man of Steel also has unbelievable flaws, like unforgivable flaws. Like I could forgive everything I saw in this one. Bad acting, bad lines. Sure, I can go with that. I can't go with Jonathan Kent being killed by a tornado, and I never will. Um, What about uh, <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor? Mm, I like that. Well, there's li- a reason why Dawn of Justice blows. Yeah, and that's one of the major ones. It's just miscasting. It's not miscasting. He's a great. I think he was a great actor. I think he could have been really good in the role. It, it's mischaracterization. He 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 tried to. We talked about this, oh in the past. That was a, he tried to make him some sort of Joker esque character. Like he's a he's a lunatic, but he's whimsical. When Lex Luthor could be a villain by being brilliant. That's what he can do. Like that Doom. Like Doom. He doesn't need to be like. Here's a Jolly Rancher in your mouth, and I hope you like piss on your desk. Like. No, what? No, just make him like make him scary because he's smart. <laughs> I thought that and cunning and clever. I thought that scene was so fucking weird and funny though. See, I'm telling you, that's why this movie fucking blow. Like, <laughs> it's so crazy when we when we do this DCU thing every time because Wonder Woman is like at the top. Wonder Woman is so crispy clean though. It's like if we say Aquaman and Man of Steel tie, they're still in the fucking mantle of the Earth because they're so far down there. Ah. Uh. Can't wait for the Batman. Yeah, well, well fingers fingers crossed. Uh, man, we talked a lot on this one. Uh, this is, let's just wrap this show up and get the fuck out of here. Um, I'm excited to see more movies. Like I said, next week we're talking all that Netflix, Bandersnatch, Blind Box, Controversy, Terribleism, Symbolism, and Imperialism. I don't know if that last one fits. I just kind of said it. I liked it. You had my attention. Uh, man, I'm so glad to be back in the mix. Episode 60 in the books. Boom, we did it. Thanks for listening. As always, uh, you can follow us. Uh, you can email us. Follow us on Instagram at GD the Splash. We're going to get a Twitter going. I've decided that we're going to get a Twitter going. We're going to tweet a bunch of shit. So uh, follow us on Twitter. We don't know what it's going to be yet, but look for it. Hopefully we won't have to delete it and then 10 years 
re-feel the repercussions. Um, well, if I get to host the Oscars, I apologize in advance. I will see you tomorrow on our show, Splash Trash Man, where we're talking all about comic books. Um, Chris, you got any last words? Nope. All right, we out of here, baby. Peace. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Oh,